Blog Talk Radio. things that are going on. 
this show used to be based uh, mostly around New York State, um, and now we've kind of branched out and we're kind of getting it to be a worldwide radio show, which is kind of true according to our ratings, which is kind of cool. We actually have some people overseas that are listening now. And how can I tell that? I can tell that by going into our insights. So that's kind of neat. But just some absolutely asinine stuff going on. And, of course, I'll always go back to our group chat because that's kind of where I save everything. And um, vocal has been kind of busy for New York State. And, you know, I get this stuff sent to me randomly, like, all day long. Here's the interesting thing. Um, because obviously we get into health things on our show. Uh, and we're going to talk about the MTHFR gene after Thanksgiving. Uh, next week we won't be here. Uh, after that we're going to talk about the MTHFR gene. But um, mammography, false positives come back on mammographies, resulting in 84% higher rate of breast cancer deaths. False positives. So, in other words, mammography might not be such a good thing, according to this article. And, and I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure it is. I mean, you're kind of radiating your boobs to death when you're squeezing them into that machine. And, you know, they squeeze your boobs so hard, if somebody already has something going on in there and you're squeezing it, there could be a very good chance that you're upsetting whatever it is, in my opinion. Of yeah, I mean we. I mean, how, we. A lot of people have heard about this, especially in the herb industry, for years. I mean, the the, you know, radiation causes cancer. Um, so they're going to encourage you to radiate yourself every year. You know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of what Fauci did with AIDS when the AIDS uh, epidemic, or well, not, I guess not an epidemic, but the AIDS problem was actually caused by AZT, which was the drug that they said they were treating with the AIDS. And it reminds me of the thing Fauci did also with COVID, where they were treating, they forced every, all the hospitals to treat people with remdesivir, and then they blamed the symptoms of remdesivir on the so-called virus. And once yeah. again, they caused the very thing that they say they're trying to prevent. It is a game they love doing, and they do it all the time. So people need to be aware. Yeah, don't, don't shoot radiation at yourself. It's a very bad idea. There's other ways to accomplish that same task, but not with radiation. Yeah, and, you know, you can, you can go for thermography, which I've had done before, and it basically is kind of like a, it's kind of like a scan without the radiation. And it shows where there's inflammation and where there could be potential problems. Of course, health insurance does not cover that. And, you know, you're talking about maybe $200 to have your boobs done. And if you want a whole body scan, which I've done, I mean, that ran, I think it was like $400 or $450. This was a couple of years ago. I'm sure it's more now. But, um, you know, in the long run, it might be worth it. But you brought up that rendezvous, and it's interesting because I get the American Frontline Doctors uh, email. And they said, well, basically, remdesivir was about money. And despite, it's, they said right in the article, despite its limited effectiveness in treating COVID, hospitals rudderly embraced it due to its substantial price tag of listen to how much it costs per treatment, $3,120 per treatment. 
So they were getting a 20% bonus payment from the government um, on the entire hospital bill for COVID payment, uh, COVID patients. That rendezvous drug killed one of my best friend's fathers. Had this guy not gone into the ER and submitted him or admitted him into the ER, submitted him, admitted him into the ER, and he, you know, because of his age, of course, they got everybody all worried and blah, 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 and they put him in there and they, they gave him that rendezvous, and within two weeks, his kidneys shut down and he was gone. So um, absolutely, that is a, a, another way, it, a, another basically, to control the population, in my opinion, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's almost like a bribe for the hospital. You know, they, they, uh, they, they gave the hospitals money. Um, you know, it's the carrot and the stick. You know, you have to do what you're going to do, otherwise you'll have funding pulled. Uh, but if you do what you're supposed to do, we'll give you money and basically it was killing people. And the thing that Dr. Artis talked about that was just one of the most shocking things that I first, when I first started hearing about the whole remdesivir uh, conspiracy is that, and it is a conspiracy, is that Fauci knew because he quoted from the very same study that said that remdesivir killed 54% of the people participating in the remdesivir study. Fauci quoted from that very same study to promote remdesivir's safety. Yeah. They are laughing at the public. You know, they laugh at the absolute unbelievable blind obedience that people do to whatever they say to do to their own harm. And they just think, they must think it's hilarious because they just will quote from the very same study that caused the study to, to be shut down because over half the people died. And then they forced hospitals to use that medication. Uh, no words for this. There's absolutely no words. And they killed uh, Dr. Artis's um, uh, father-in-law using remdesivir. A lot of people. I know somebody else who personally was injured from it as well, and they're doing dialysis and other treatments because they have kidney damage. Horrible. Right. And, yeah. you know, that, that that drug, I mean, tip, I think in the, what they originally were going to use it more for, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was it was a failed attempt at uh, using it for Ebola, or Ebola, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, it was all about money, and they, they used it as, you know, they used it as a drug of choice for uh, for COVID, which we all know has a mortality rate of less than 1%. Less than 1%. They took the whole country down. They ruined people's businesses. They scared kids forever. Um, for a, 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 a scandemic that had 1% mortality rate. I'll get off my soapbox about remdesivir and we'll move on unless you have something else to say about that. No, no, please proceed. I, I Yeah, just unbelievable things that are happening. and we're, It's happening on our Okay, I guess I have, do have something to say. It's just I want people to know this is our watch. You're born into this time for a reason. This wasn't an accident, in my opinion. You're here for a reason. We need to make something out of our lives, and we need to participate in exposing the absolute evils that are taking place. And that's part of our job. That's part of our life job. It's not for a select few people. It's not for politicians. It's the people. It's your government. You are the government. The government that we call the, the body we call a government is our contractor to carry out certain services that you, the government, are in charge of. 
It's our governance is our responsibility. So please be involved and learn and, and stop. You know, don't let don't let people get away with being apathetic about these subjects. We're living in in historic times right now, unbelievable times. They're going to be talking about this time for for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, I mean, if there were. 80,000 people that sat in a football game and drained their brain watching the pictures, you know, people chase a football if they were to turn their energies into actually doing something else, like you mentioned, you know, waking up the masters, imagine where we would be. But, so the holidays are upon us, and Target, I guess, once again, Target's wokeness, I guess they're they're getting some backlash for some of their Christmas decorations that they're coming out. They're saying this is what people are saying. I guess there's a black Santa in a wheelchair, uh, a figurine draped in rainbow-colored pride paraphernalia. Uh, I'm just taking this out of the article. Uh, I mean, come on, my God! I remember during the, the during the pandemic. When uh, Amazon was selling, it was kind of like a baby Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. And they had a literal freaking mask on the baby Jesus. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. But that is just the brainwashing. Somebody bought it. I'm sure it's sitting on their damn Christmas tree. Good God. Stop. Yeah, this is just social conditioning at its finest, you know. Uh, Conditioning the public. They know that repetition works. Imagery works. There is propaganda, and, and if you're listening and you don't know this, I promise you it's true because I've collected and, and itemized this in shows that I watched on TV. I don't watch a lot of TV, but in the little that I do watch, I have made lists of the propaganda. You will not see the propaganda if you don't know the agenda. That's why it's important to know the agenda. But this is how they condition you. That's how they prepare you for the things that are coming in the future. And the way that you'll see all the propaganda and the conditioning is when you know what the agenda is. So they love repetition, they love imagery, and they use television shows, they use movies, they use media, and it's even in advertising, all everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was just told that somebody was trying to listen in and it was dropping off the website. So if you want to call in also at 319-527-6208, uh, to listen. So I don't know what the issue is with the website lately, but there's been several. And I know that uh, Proof has been trying to figure that out. So uh, hopefully he does because, uh, you know, we don't want to lose any listeners here. So another article, and of course, this this has been the talk. People from New York send me stuff all the time still. And Governor Jokel Hochul is ramping up surveillance efforts to combat hate speech. So as if there's not enough to worry about in the world, she's going to be, uh, she pledges millions to law enforcement after dismissing rising crime as a conspiracy theory. So she wants to basically, uh, this is just part of their, other, their, their, their agenda to round us up into quarantine camps. If we say something that's off of their, uh, agenda, then, you know, we're going to be pegged for, 
for hate speech, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, New York State is getting to be a communism state. End of story. It is a communism yeah. state. People think they have yeah, I mean, freedom then. They really don't. Yeah, this is really right out of the out of the uh the the uh the handbook of how to uh over to overtake a country is that you oppress them, you make everything illegal. That's one of the things that they do. A lot of people don't realize this, is you try to make everything illegal because then you have all the ammo you need to harass anybody you want to go after. And this is why you'll hear so many stories of people who become who've come out as whistleblowers or they've been very active politically or they went to a school meeting and they spoke out about something that was happening. Uh, and what happens? The cops come and, and try to give them a traffic ticket from, you know, five years ago. And I mean, this actually happened, you know, that, oh, you have a traffic ticket from, you know, from five years ago that you didn't pay when they really did or um, you, you changed your wall socket uh, without getting a license bonded insured electrician or whatever. But they make everything illegal, and then they have lots of things to come after you for. So that's, um, you know, that's one of the, the, many, the many weapons. And the whole idea behind hate speech, it's like anything else. I mean, you know, if you make it illegal, you're making a problem out of a, out of a relative non-problem, you know. But they want to make problems. They want it to look like there's hatred and there's division. And so this is all part of the propaganda to make it look like there's so many people talking hate. We have to have a law about it. So it's a subtle type of propaganda to create laws against things that aren't really that much of a problem. And then it makes the public feel like it's a problem. And then it makes the public conclude subconsciously that uh, there's division among people where it doesn't really exist. Of course, we know divide and conquer is their favorite thing to do. So this is, you know, this is the thing I know people might listen who are not familiar with this might say, oh, this is all just, you know, they don't really go that far. No, they do. This is why they study psychology. They know people. They know better than they know themselves. They know what you're going to buy. They know what kind of stuff you buy. They know what kind of schedule you buy it on. They know your pro, you know, your, the, the profile of your personality better than most people know themselves. And that is the uh, fundamental uh, 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 tool that they need to control people, and this is what it is. You know, laws like this are just another, uh, just another control mechanism, and uh, you know, in, in their in their arsenal. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess the rapper Diddy, which I, I don't listen to rap music, I can't stand any of that kind of music. But I guess this is somewhat of a popular rapper, rapper Diddy. I guess he's been accused of sex trafficking and assault in a lawsuit filed in a New York state court. Well, I'm sure he ain't the first one. Maybe he just got caught. But as most people know, there's a ton of human trafficking and sex trafficking going on, you know, throughout the entire world. So we could do a whole damn show on that. I mean, but we won't go. Veer off that topic tonight because I know that people are listening because our guest is going to be talking about you know gun rights. I don't, I don't really have anything on that as far as gun rights. So he's going to kind of take the lead with that. Um, obviously, we know that they want to take our guns. That's been determined. You know, it's it's kind of interesting, and I mentioned this before, uh, and not to want to go back on New York State, but. 
since they're the worst for these kinds of things in California, uh, where where are all the mass shootings right now? Because they were doing all of these staged mass shootings, and all of a sudden they pass a massive bill the next day, suggesting to take care, you know, take more gun rights away. So uh, it it kind of just kind of happens like that. So I'm assuming that legislation starts, and I'm sure that there's more bills out there for that. Um, we may just have some more uh, coincidental mass shootings. But yeah. maybe not. And I want to, you know, I share often, too, that, that people need, when, when people talk about, you know, uh, gun control, I, I, here's a powerful thing you can respond with and say, what was the one element that was present? We look for patterns. What is the one element that was present at every mass shooting? Shooting. Think about it. There was something that happened at every mass shooting. What is the common element? I will tell you, the absence of an armed citizen. Mm-hmm. Taking the good people's weapons away is not the solution. The solution is arming the good people, letting the good people have the freedom to do what they need to do to solve problems. I remember, and I'll give me a chill, I never, I'll never forget that in uh, – a few years ago, there was a shooting in a church in Texas, and I brought this up in one of our previous shows. They had video. It was caught on video. The guy walks in, starts pointing his gun, and one of the, uh, the not the pastor, but one of the, the ushers or someone who, uh, you know, nice uh, Texan-looking guy in a suit, pulls out a handgun and takes down the shooter. How many lives were saved because there was an armed citizen present at that attempted mass shooting? I would say, Americans, you want to solve problems like this, what you do, part of it, and I know a lot of these are set up. I mean, William Cooper, Bill Cooper, the famous, uh, uh, one of the most famous talk shows in history, uh, he, he, had, he had an amazing talk show that went on for quite a while. He did research, amazing research, and he talked about 10 years ago or more, more than 10, excuse me, more than 10 years ago, that there would be planned mass shootings in order to pass legislation. They create problems so that they can pass legislation. So that's what we see happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that we'll bring up with our guest for sure, with uh, with Mr. Anderson. He's still not signed in. I know that he said he was running late, but that's okay. That's all right. He'll be here, and, and I know that there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, my 2A friends that, that they will be listening in because they're they're really interested, especially from – you know, a different perspective. So let's see. What do you have, Russ? Any updates? Well, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about that are going on in the world, but I'm getting reports uh, today. The, uh, the spraying has been absolutely horrible. Um, chemtrail spraying, which I consider probably the single largest crime against humanity in human history because it affects everybody. It's even worse than the COVID so-called vaccine. It's not a vaccine, we all know, but that has uh, uh, hydrogels and uh, um, uh, uh, other t- uh, clotting uh, mechanisms, the mRNA that causes your body to create uh, uh, fabricated uh, bioweapons, but that's a whole other show. But anyway, uh, the spraying was so bad uh, today, and, we, and I, the one thing I just want to tell people, you might save a life, is that from, from what we're seeing, uh, the spraying is uh, causing massive depletion of magnesium. And so if you have a friend, I'm not a doctor, so I don't treat, med- prescribe, or cure anything, but what I do do 
is I report what I see going on. It's, it appears to actually deplete magnesium massively, which can cause heart attacks, and also depletes potassium. So what I have done for myself and other people are doing is I start supplementing with potassium and magnesium and also might be able to counter heart attacks. If you feel a heart attack coming on, uh, magnesium mm -hmm. and potassium may be the key. So it might save some lives if you try that. I have personal knowledge of, uh, of someone who had, had serious problems during spraying events, and by using magnesium, uh, they, they, they would get rid of their, uh, their, the, the heart fibs. Made it made all the difference in the world, but it took magnesium, you know, uh, supplementation with magnesium especially. But potassium and magnesium work together, so usually you'll take take it together like a hunt, uh, in a ratio of 1 to 4.8 is the recommended ratio with magnesium being 1. But anyway, mm -hmm. so much to talk about, so much going on, but that's just an idea for people to help them. Yeah, and, you know, as, as myself being a certified health coach, um, definitely, I mean, we are – so it, not even just from the chemtrails, but our food supply, people eat so much sugar and take in so much caffeine, which depletes magnesium too. So it, it really is a big deal to to get magnesium. That's that's a good point. And I, yeah, can I share about what, what else sugar does? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I just want to share something else about sugar. Go ahead. I, I Probably better than taking aspirin. <laughs> to prevent a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely, 100%. But the natural. Yeah, what, yeah, I mean, sugar, the other thing that sugar does that's so bad for you is that we all know, or at least those people who are in this, know that they're releasing the aerosolized mercury into the atmosphere, and this comes in the form of coal fly ash bound to methyl groups, so it's methylated mercury. It's like eating fish. Uh, it's very bioavailable. So when you have sugar... It actually, the sugar and caffeine, both of them can actually methylate uh, mercury even more efficiently, making it more bioavailable in the body. And so this is one of the reasons why mercury, uh, why caffeine can make you hyper. I mean, excuse, uh, excuse me, one of the reasons sugar can be more damaging because in the presence of mag, uh, mercury, which we're all in the presence of mercury, you're now making the mercury more bioavailable. Mercury shuts down your... Uh, the en enzyme system that breaks down your catecholamines, which are your adrenaline and your norepinephrine and your dopamine. So your, your adrenaline sores. So sugar can make your adrenaline sore in the presence of mercury, um, especially because of the, uh, it makes the mercury more bioavailable. So that's, uh, that's another bad reason that sugar can be harmful. Okay, yeah, for sure. So, you know, when I when I get sugar cravings, um, which happens from time to time, if I take too much of it in, um, I use the, the greens powder that I talk about every week. But there's, a, there's an interesting product that I like to take on there. And go to the website, which is hopehealth.thegoodinside.com, and there's a product there called Wellspring, W-E-L-L Spring. Um, and it's, it's vegan antioxidants, basically. Um, so, and it's meant to be a heart-friendly formula. I'm just trying to pull it up because my computer is really slow. Um, they don't put any crap in their capsules. 
except for cellulose they use as a binder. Um, but it's got barrage oil, flaxseed oil, pumpkin seed oil, coconut oil, turmeric, ginger, and uh, and black pepper extract. So it's kind of a concoction of things, but um, good for your heart. So, you know, omega-3, 6, and 9, which, of course, everybody is, again, deficient on omega-3s. I, in my opinion, I mean, I take fish oils, cod liver oil, because, uh, you know, we're deficient on that stuff because our ratio of oils, people are so bombarded with omega-6s, you know, in seed oils all the time. And those in high quantities are, you know, inflammatory. They're inflammatory. So I think we have our guest on. I think he has signed in. I'm just going to double check that phone number um, because he sent it email to me. So just give me one second. Um, and then I, I have something I'm definitely going to bring up with him that I just got in, in, in my email. He'll like that one. So, um Rush, you have anything else before we bring our guest on? Oh, yep, well, I just him. encourage people, should I put the number, phone number out? Do you want people calling in? Or if they want to just listen, if they're having any problems with the audio, I think I think we need to talk about this. I have some ideas where we can actually stream to other platforms uh, simultaneously and, and that way give people a little wider. Maybe. I don't know if that's something we can do or not. But if you want to call in and listen by phone, it's 319. That's 319 6208-319-527-6208. Call in, listen, and maybe we'll even take a few questions uh, if we get some time. Yeah, and there are some people on the switchboard here that are waiting also, so you have to raise your hand if you want to talk, because otherwise I, I can't unmute you on it. So I'm excited to have um, Tim Anderson on with us. He is a 2A lawyer out of the state of Virginia. And I came across his post or if somebody sent it to me, but he was kind enough to accept um, being on. So, Mr. Anderson, are you with I'm here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting to have you on. So I'm Diana, and my co-host is Russ, and uh, we're going to have to go to the show quick. So what I want you to do is for our listeners, remember that this is a live radio show, so there is a slight delay uh, when we're speaking. Um. I want you to just kind of fill our guests in on who you are and what you do, and then we'll come back and talk about the nitty-gritty with going on with our gun rights and, and your case. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a attorney here in Virginia. I, I pretty much specialize in Second Amendment litigation uh, in all aspects of it. Uh, I'm a former state delegate. I was in the Virginia House of Delegates for a term um, when the Democrats when lost their majority to the Republicans. We, I was in there for that period of time. Uh, and so I have a front row seat to every dirty move that the left has to take away our gun rights, and I am happy to talk about it as long as you want to listen. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. So I have your website here, and um, correct me if it's wrong because I Googled it, but um, it's timforva.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's my political page. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So timforva.com is website. And if you guys don't mind holding on, you don't have to do anything, just hold on tight. We have to go to a commercial to pay our sponsors at 8 and 8.30. So, Tim, you guys just hang tight, and uh, we'll be back in about three minutes. We'll be back, guys. Hang tight. Sounds good.
morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty Lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Hey everyone, come check out the Proof Negative Radio Show here on FreedomizerRadio.com, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast as we fight the New World Order and rock the health freedom world together. You know what I think you should do? I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross, the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Yeah, Ryan. We air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 10.30. Uh, Right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Okay, we're back. You guys there? I'm here. Hey, you're both So, Tim, um, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know I feel like I kind of cut you off there because we had to go to commercial. Sure. Sure. So I'm, I'm an attorney in Virginia. Uh, I do Second Amendment litigation as a primary part of my practice. I'm a former Virginia state delegate, served in the House of Delegates uh, with Governor Glenn Youngkin. And uh, for 25 years, I've pretty much been on the front lines litigating uh, issues involving uh, people's rights to own and possess firearms. My, it's my thing. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a big issue throughout, you know, the entire country. And I, and I feel like people are starting to lose grasp of the fact that we actually have a right to own a firearm. You know, and, and I feel like a lot of these states, um, I'm from New York originally, that, well, actually, I'm originally from Alexandria, which is not just kind of a hop, skip, and a jump from you, right? Oh, yeah, Alexandria is uh, what we call the People's Republic of Northern Virginia. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's so crowded down there now. I don't even know that I could live there anymore, but, oh, my gosh, those were good times. My, uh, I, my grandfather uh, was in the military. And he was um, a major in in um, World War II in Korea, and he, he's, my grandparents are buried at Arlington. So um, a lot of good memories down there anyway. So down in Fort Myers and everything, good times. But I feel like people are um, starting to, like, kind of lose their, their sight about this. And I was saying that I'm originally from New York, and, and New York is one of the worst 
as far and I'm sure that you follow other states too besides the state of Virginia with what's going on. So how do you think sure. um, that kind of intertwines with, you know, not just Virginia, but when we're talking about other big Democratic states? Uh, I mean, they make it almost impossible here in New York um, to, to, to get a gun anymore. I mean, you have to basically yeah. give your left arm and your right leg. So, so we saw that happen in Virginia. Um, it, it's, really, it's really slow cooking. You know, how do you cook a, you know, a frog? You just slow cook it. And, you know, as it gets assimilated to the temperature, it doesn't realize it's actually being cooked. That's, um, that's how Democrats in the Northeast have done gun laws. You know, they didn't come in and say, you can't have semi-automatic rifles and you can't have magazines that hold more than 10 and you can't have hollow point ammunition. They didn't just do that in one day. They did it over a gradual period of 20 or 30 years. In 2020, Kratz had full control of Virginia state government for the first time in decades. And um, they couldn't control themselves uh, to follow the model from the, you know, the northern Democrat states. And what they did is they literally did do all those things. They tried to, to slam in everything right at once. And what it caused is this monster ground swelling where thousands of Virginians were out protesting and going to city council meetings and, 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 and 10 or 20 or 50,000 people rallies, you know, protesting what had happened. And, um, it, you know, that groundswell really happened. Had the Democrats been a little bit smarter and just did it slowly, uh, you know, a little change here, a little change there. And before you know it, five or six years later, you, uh, you have everything that you wanted in the beginning. That, that's the only way to get this done because everybody knows, like, the, the common thing, you can only have 10 rounds in a magazine. Like, that, that makes absolutely no sense. There's no legitimate government interest to say that me as a homeowner with a pistol can only have 10 bullets in my, uh, for my gun when I might be faced with three intruders with multiple guns. Um, so so these, these, these things that the, the government tries to do, uh, they're, they're, they're not logical. Um, and, and then fundamentally, they, they absolutely do not directly relate to safety. You know, Democrats like to say, oh, this is common sense. This is, you know, this is going to save lives. Well, they passed all of their laws in Virginia in 2020 that they got through, and gun violence in our state went up. Um, and so none of those laws work because all gun laws do at this point is require people who are going to obey the law to uh, follow more laws. Criminals aren't going to obey a law. Criminals aren't going to have a gun that only has 12 rounds in it if that's all you can have. They're going to have a, a gun that has 17 rounds in it because that's kind of their gig. They break the law. So um, so we, we, we see it time and time again. And, you know, every time there's a mass shooting, there's a rush to do something. Um, and that reactive politics leads to bad policy, and really the only people affected are the lawful gun owners. The criminals uh, are not affected by gun laws. Yeah, and, and, you know, Russ was talking about that. We were kind of talking about that a little bit before you came on. Russ, do you want to pick up on what he just said, especially about the shooting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just totally agree. I mean, it's just crazy that you're going to uh, legislate against the common people. I mean, I ask people when people talk about gun control, I say, what is the one common element? You know, it would be a pattern watcher. What is the one common element present at every mass shooting? 
Well, the one common element is the lack of an armed citizen. Because how long would that shooting go on if you had some citizens who were properly armed? And I, you know, I'm a big believer in training. I'm trained. I went through and got my training, and I learned how to use things properly, and I feel safe, and I feel uh, like I could do what I need to do in a, in a moment of crisis. The last thing I want to do, don't want to hurt anybody ever, but in a situation where you have to defend your family or your friends in a, in a situation, um, I'm equipped. And, uh, you know, leaving uh, the public gun, defense gun, is, is ridiculous. Gun-free zones are the, the most insane theory that Democrats are locked in on. Um, the concept that here's a zone and no guns can come in this zone. Um, and what happens is, is that you have people bring guns into the zone, they're criminals, and then they create mass casualties. That is why you see time and time again mass shootings happening in schools. Um, you know, schools have a sign on the door that says no guns. A lot of schools don't have any security. They don't have uh, any metal detectors. They don't have any armed security inside the building. Um, and if you correlate that to a courthouse, I mean, there's no courthouse out there that a judge is sitting on the bench uh, in a packed courtroom with a sign that says no guns, with no security, no sheriffs, no police guarding him, right? Um, and so these gun-free zones really, really create uh, dangerous citizen uh, positions if they're not protected. But, you know, like a an airport is a gun-free zone that is protected. You know, there's lots of security, lots of people with guns in there. If somebody got a gun in there, there's lots of police that can respond to that quickly. Um, but most gun-free zones aren't that way. And, man, the Democrats, they just double down on this. They, they just Every time they just want more gun-free zones. I'll tell you one quick funny story. When I was in session uh, this year in Richmond, Richmond decided that parks are going to be gun-free zones. And there was a, a sign on this park near the Virginia State Capitol. There was a big sign in front of it that said gun-free zone. There was a guy shot and killed in front of the sign um, of that park this year in the General Assembly. And, uh, you know, it's not like these gun-free zones create magic safe zones. Um, you know, you're gonna, if you're going to be shot, you're going to get shot in a gun-free zone or not in a gun-free zone. They just don't make sense, and they're very dangerous. And, I'm really surprised in Virginia that people put up with it because they really do not make anybody safer. It's very frustrating to deal with Democrats getting away with this one. You know, to back yeah, up I what mean, you said, like too, that. the statistics is that about 97.8% of mass shootings occur in gun-free zones, and uh, that fact was actually fact-checked. And when it was fact-checked by the infamous fact-checkers, they actually corrected it and said, no, it's actually more like 92%. Okay, well, whatever. Whether you yep. want to say it's 92 or 97, uh, over 90% happen in gun-free zones, according to the, the latest statistic that I've seen. You don't see you don't see places like police stations getting shot up, or um, places where there's uh, you know gun you know gun ranges. You know there was a, sh a mass shooting at a gun range in Louisiana last year, and. You know, a couple of people got killed, but after two people got shot, the shooter was dead. Um, that is not what happens in schools. Um, and, you know, it takes police 10 minutes or 12 minutes to get there, and, you know, by then, the, you know, the, the shooter shot 15 or 30 people. In Parkland, the guy shot 30 people in seven minutes. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what, what we let them get away with. And I, I, I'm just really shocked that, that more Second Amendment citizens don't stand up and push back on that. 
Yeah, I would yeah, like to see the real. legislators who actually try to push that kind of insanity be held responsible for the deaths of people who could otherwise be I mean, uh, be defended. Of course, I know it's probably a hard legal case to make, but but they are responsible in my view anyway. Those people who pass uh, that we, kind of legislation are making things day more dangerous for us. We we proposed a bill that the Democrats quickly killed that said if you get shot and killed in a gun-free zone, uh, that the Commonwealth of Virginia could be sued. Um, as a defendant for not having security and not having protected the zone. And the Democrats absolutely did not want to let that happen because they know that mm-hmm. the Commonwealth would be on the hook for millions and millions of dollars every year. They couldn't, can't afford it. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. almost like when you guys were talking about the, the gun-free zone, what came to my mind was it's almost like when you're telling a kid to not touch a hot stove, Right. No, don't don't touch that. Don't touch that. I feel like it's almost an incentive for them to go there and do it. If you know what I mean. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back. This is what you're gonna get for making it in the gun-free zone. I don't know. But I, so, I mean, look, if I, I want, if, if I'm a, if I'm a crazy if I'm a crazy person and I want to kill a lot of people, I'm gonna go to a gun-free zone. I'm gonna go to a school. I'm yeah. gonna go to a, a, a an unprotected area where there's a lot of people, festivals and parks. And if that's what my gig is, that's where I'm going. And uh, the concept that that isn't going to happen there because Democrats have said this is gun-free uh, is just such a bald premise. Yeah. You know, I, there it's was something the same kind that of thing like up. if you're a thief, you're not going to go into a house that actually has uh, signs on it that they have a security system. You're going to pick a house that doesn't have any indication of security. It's just, it's just common sense. And, in fact, it's so ridiculous to have laws like this that I think that's part of why part of the population may be a little confused. They just don't get it that this is such an, an absolutely insanely ridiculous philosophy to have to disarm the good people that they must think, well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's more to this. No, no, it's really that simple. You know, give people their basic rights. There's a reason that it's written in to the Bill of Rights. There's a reason that it's there. Is he still there? Did we lose him? Oh yeah, I'm here. No, I'm here. I'm here. Huh? I was. Uh, you had. You had. Try, you had tried to speak a few times. I was gonna give you the give you the the path to jump in. No, no, that's okay. So I I wanted to bring up something to you that I think you would find interesting, um, because I still get all of the New York stuff from the New York Times and and that with the New York Times is whatever. But um, so. Kathy Hochul signed legislation. They're not even in the legislative session right now, but she loves to sign legislation because we're always in a state of emergency in New York State. Um, She's going to give a clean slate to formerly incarcerated people, saying that it could make as many as 2 million people eligible to have their criminal records sealed. I wonder how that's going to play in with us. With, with with the gun stuff going on. I mean, that's just, to me, well, ludicrous. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up. So there is, there is a legal difference between the word sealed and the word expungement. And so when you are stealing a record, you are closing it from the public's review. Um, and when you expunge a record, you're actually destroying the record as if it never existed. The legal difference between sealing and expungement is that if you seal the record, all of these criminals get their voting rights back, but none of them get their gun rights back. And that is 
intentionally by design. I mean, if, if she wanted to pardon all of these 2 million people, she has the right to do that, and that would give them their gun rights back. But that is the absolute last thing she wants them to do. She wants them to have their voting rights back so they'll continue to vote for the Democrat machine in New York. Um, and, and, and our Democrats in Virginia are doing the same thing. Yeah, if if there's even election, election integrity. Of course, we could go on that on a tangent about that, and we won't because it's not the point of the show. But, look, there's somebody that messaged in um, to the chat on our switchboard, and he's from Roanoke, Virginia. His name is Mike, which is interesting. But um, he wants to ask this question. Oh, I just lost it. Hold on a second. My bad. He wants to know. This is totally, I think, off topic of what we were talking about. But he wants to know, what is a Second Amendment sanctuary? Yeah, so during 2020 when people were protesting, um, what was happening is in certain localities, like cities and counties, were declaring that they were Second Amendment sanctuaries. And what they were saying is is that if the Democrats were going to pass a law to make something uh, illegal like owning a semi-automatic rifle or having a gun that held more than 10 rounds um, if they were going to pass that law county sheriffs uh, and the the local police would not enforce those laws um, and a mm. lot of the more republican counties and cities um, passed resolutions that that their oath to the u.s constitution superseded the requirement to follow any laws that Virginia legislatures would pass uh, infringing on the Second Amendment. So that was that that is all pretty much history at this point. Um, Republicans took control of the General Assembly in 2022, um, and we won the governor. Um, the Democrats just took control of the General Assembly back this last week. But we still have a Republican governor, so there's not going to be any wanky Second Amendment crazy laws that are coming out of Richmond in the next two years. Now, you know, two more years from now, it might, and we might see a uprising. But uh, you know, it's really frustrating in Virginia. We only had 49% people participate in this last election. Um, you know, people won't vote, but then if you know you're starting to take away rights, they'll come out and protest, you know, thousands at a time. And it just really would be nice if people would remember what, what just happened to us three years ago is ready to happen again based on the apathy of the voter not having the decency to go to the polls and vote over our 45-day election cycle. It's really an absolute shame to care more about their, their gun rights to vote for Republicans um, because Democrats are winning because Republicans aren't voting, and it's, it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely an infiltration, no doubt. You know, and even in some of these, even in some of these states that were considered "quote unquote" safe states, you know, they're starting to have issues. There's been issues in, even in legislation, legislation. Let me start that over. Even in states that you know were considered really safe, like I don't know, let's say like South Dakota or Idaho or some of those states that were you know really, really, really into you know, our rights are even having problems in legislation that they're having to overturn some of these draconian, you know, topics and bills that are coming up. So, uh, yeah, pretty scary that, you know, it, it, you can run, but, you know, you can't hide almost, right? 
Oh, that's right. That's right. People need to, you know, people like I'm moving out of Virginia. I'm going to North Carolina. It's like, well, look, that means Virginia will have one less conservative voter if you do. And if you think that the 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 blue flu is going to stop at the Virginia border, you're wrong. Every state, every red state that touches a blue state becomes blue. Um, and, and that's just if you look at the maps. And so you you know you cannot. Um, you got to hold the line uh, when you're in a battleground state like Virginia, which is clearly a purple state. Um, uh, you cannot exit this and flee. You have to stand and fight for, for it because once Virginia falls, it's going to be Tennessee, North Carolina, West Virginia. I mean, it's just a matter of what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, for you, know sure. you know, when there was that shooting, when there was that shooting by uh, – that that uh, the the college shooting um, last last year uh, and a few kids died uh, in that shooting. Um, Joe Biden comes on right almost right away and says, "This is why we need to ban AR-15." Well, that college shooting was involving ha- handguns, um, and, and you know, and so it's literally just their visceral knee-jerk reaction that if. You know, anytime there's a shooting, it has to be an AR-15, and, and if, we, if we just ban that, all the school, you know, all the shootings would stop. And it's just such a – it's such a – you know, if you could give that to them and they would never pass another law, I would almost say it's worth it. But it's just one thing that they're going to want, then they're going to want something else, and then they're going to want something else. And before you know it, you're going to have a, a single-load black powder musket as your firearm at your house. Uh-huh. Russ? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is, is uh, a lot of these people who want to uh, implement some kind of gun control have this idea that this is, it's, it seems to be sold on this concept that if you just get all the, all, the, all the firearms out from the public's reach, then there'll be no firearms for people to commit, uh, commit crimes with. And uh, so what do you, I mean, I'm looking at the statistics for how firearm sales has just exploded over the last, you know, 10 years. Uh, How would you respond to those people who have that belief? Well, I mean, there, there is a, 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 there is truth to this, that if we had alien technology and we could fly over the entire country and beam up every gun with alien technology and we got rid of every gun in the United States, and we put a big alien technology wall around the country, and no guns could get smuggled in from Mexico across the poorest southern border or through Canada. If all that could happen, yes, gun violence would go to 0%. Um, however, yeah. uh, the, 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 the fundamental question is, is that you know, when the government has the guns, um, because they'll still have guns, um, you know, the, the, the Second Amendment was never a- intended. If you read the Federalist Papers, they never intended on you having a gun to protect yourself from your neighbor. They, the intention of the Second Amendment was to protect yourself from the government, from, the, from a tyrannical mm-hmm. government. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and so people miss the purpose of the Second Amendment. They, it's become this Second Amendment conversation, but the only reason – that, the, that these 25-year-old founding fathers of ours, you know, were worried about guns is they were worried about King George and his army taking over the new American colonies. 
And they wanted to make sure we had enough people to fight against the government when we have that. So, you know, you disarm the citizenry and you now you have you have ample opportunity for government to be completely tyrannical with no ability to respond. And that's how any communist country is, Cuba or China. You know, they have total control. And, and that's, you know, people I hope people can remember our history on that. Yeah, and also I, yeah, my, I love- my understanding also is I know that it's that a lot of people use the argument and say, well, the guns are really just for the militia, and they kind of just leave the argument there. And I'm like, well, wasn't every male of age in the militia? Yeah, every mm-hmm. every human every man in the in the colony was in the militia. Women could not be mm-hmm. because they were property of the men at the time. Um, but I, I think that the intent was. Uh, that every human that, you know, was considered a human at that point uh, in the context of, uh, of, of citizens should be able to have uh, – have, we're in the militia. And, and, you know, obviously we've evolved from that position and women are, you know, equal to men as they should be 100%. Um, so the, the, the theory of women would be a part of a militia today is, this, is the same concept. The militia being if the government comes after us, we can form and – protect ourselves from them. Um, not, you know, not an invading force from China or North Korea, but our own government, the IRS, you know, or the ATF. I mean, these are the, these are the federal agencies that should scare the hell out of people now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's also interesting. Uh, uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Diane. No, no, that's okay. I just want to, I just want to make a comment that, yeah, I ain't nobody's property. Woo. I'm just joking. No. Yeah, not but, not but in 2023, were, but you would have been in 1786. So, <laughs> I'd be wearing the corset and the big dress and everything. But what you said was spot on because I had Googled about that while you were while you were speaking about it. What was the original intent of the Second Amendment? Many historians agree that the primary reason for passing the Second Amendment was to prevent the need for the United States to have a professional standing army. At the time it was passed, it seems it was not intended to grant a right for private individuals to keep weapons for self-defense. So that's exactly what you said. Good stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I wonder what happens, like, and what happened in Australia when they were tackling people and injecting this stuff into their arms <laughs> that we, a lot of people knew then, uh, were causing heart attacks and all kinds of illness and offered almost zero benefit and lots of harm. Well, Australia's mm-hmm. been disarmed for a long time, and to me, this is like yeah. a government assault. They're coming in and putting a known poison. We know it's poison. You know, a portion of the population knows, knows it's poison. So I wonder if firearms could have been a deterrent in that situation if they wouldn't maybe dare to do such a horrific thing uh, if, that, if that was the case. I mean, that's just speculation and something we can think about. But, but the, I, I'm just saying that because people say, oh, the government would never do that, the go- you know. The, the, the examples of government overreach and government abuse on the public citizenry even today uh, doesn't get televised most of the time. You'll have to look to alternative mm-hmm. news sources like this to actually learn about it. You know, thoughts? Yeah. Well, yeah, and if you uh, if you bring it up, you're a conspiracy theorist uh, and you're a wacky mm-hmm. you know you're a wacky fringe fringe person, right? It, um, so mm-hmm. yeah, here, here's something. Here's here's just pure facts. You can Google this. Um, there are more armed federal police in the United States today than there are armed U.S. Marines. And that is a dramatic shift of, of government policy 
Um, every agency now has armed police. And that was not this way 10 years ago. The IRS has submachine guns. Health and Human Services have AR-15s. Um, uh, EPA has uh, submachine guns and AR-15s. And so, you know, when, when back in the day, in the 20 years ago, if, if the IRS needed a door kicker, they would go to the FBI or they would go to the local police and the police would do their job. Now these federal agencies are armed to the till with high-power real weapons of war, submachine guns. Um, and mm-hmm. you've got to ask yourself, what are they going to do with that? You know, if you don't file your taxes, is the IRS going to come to your house with 30 SWAT agents and submachine guns and, and murder you and your family, um, you know, with, with <laughs> we- real weapons of war? I mean, what, what is going on? And, and I, I truly think that if, the, if, if Alexander Hamilton could be asked right now, what was your biggest fear? He would say our current federal government, uh, the, the size and expanse uh, of power and the ability to weaponize the federal government against the citizenry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is, you know, we're living in times, I mean, when, when you look at the evidence, I mean, a lot, and, and I don't care about people personally about calling me a conspiracy theorist, because I've, I've been in this since 1985, and I've been learning about what's really going on, and the, and the abuses that have been taking place are uh, unspeakable. It is unbelievable to the point where you, where you start realizing and this even goes to policy, that the government becomes the number one cause of death in the world. And I'm not saying that whimsically. I mean, like, if you just look at, at the simple fact that uh, uh, the regulatory agencies like the FDA are doing such a fantastic job, I say that sarcastically, that drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, are arguably the number one killer um, in the world today when you consider that the side effects uh, only two, only one to two percent of the side effects, probably less, but that's pretty solid, uh, are reported as such uh, of the side effects. They say they, they will say that the person died of the disease that the drug itself that was treating the disease actually caused, and this is rampant. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do the math, it's just unbelievable what they're doing. And you kind of finally get to the point where you say, you know, this can't be a mistake. And when you start learning that government is one of the biggest promoters of the idea that the world is overpopulated, you start to wonder, you know, I, I'm way past wondering, but it, it helps people in the public start to wonder that what is the real policy? Why, why is everything going south all the time? You know, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Okay. We got to yeah. head to another commercial, you guys. So just hold on tight. I'm, I'll keep it short if I can. So delivering the truth, exposing the lies, We will be back with Tim Anderson right after commercial, guys. Hang tight. There are over one million accidents caused annually by wearing improper shoes. Needless accidents are caused by wearing high heels, flip-flops, and other shoes. We need to get... I want to tell everyone about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal. Flip-flops are the most worn shoe. Even in America, almost everyone wears cheap flip-flops during the summer, sometimes even all year long. It's because they don't want to wear shoes, but there is 60 years of social stigma to overcome. Most people think it is illegal to drive a car, go to a store, or eat in public without shoes on. The fact is, there are zero laws, health department stuff, insurance regulations, etc. about going barefoot. 
Not only that, it is actually safer and more healthy to go barefoot than wear most shoes that we have been wearing for the last half century. Please check out the website barefootislegal.org and check out all of our social media. Going barefoot is safe, healthy, and legal. Barefootislegal.org Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Remember when no one thought that one year from the election, the Dow would be up 28.5%. You've got very strong growth, a terrific employment market. We have no inflation, virtually no inflation. Wages climbed 2.7%. The unemployment rate matched the 50-year low. Oil prices dropping today, tumbling more than 3%. President Trump's policies, tax cuts, deregulation, opening energy. Whether you're a blue-collar or a white-collar worker, He's taking care of all callers. He is rebuilding this economy in ways experts say was never possible. Okay, we are back. Do I have you guys? I'm here. I am here too. Good. So, Russ, um, what questions do you have? What's one of your big concerns um, with gun rights that you want to talk to, to Tim about? Well, my thing is that, um, you know, the bottom line is that we have a saying that says if you lose the second, you lose the first, and if you lose the first, you lose everything. Um, I just, we're down to our last uh, 20 minutes or so, and I just would love to hear uh, Tim talk about the, uh, uh, about what the solutions are, what the public needs to do, because we need, we need solutions, we need help. What do people do? Well, you know, Depending upon how you feel about President Trump, um, the biggest um, savior of a modern day um, for the Second Amendment was Donald Trump. Um, And and I say that actually very um, uh, conciliatory because I am not a big Donald Trump fan as as a conservative. I'm a much more of a Reagan kind of guy. But Donald Trump winning in 2016 set a, uh, a, a, some action in motion that allowed the conservatives to gather a three-seat majority uh, on, the, on the United States Supreme Court. And we are seeing uh, the, the reaping of the benefits of these conservative justices uh, striking down, like New York's gun-free zone, where the whole city of Manhattan was uh, considered a gun-free zone. Um, and so, um, you know, if, if Hillary Clinton had won the 2016 election, I do think that our Second Amendment rights uh, would be uh, severely uh, different than they are today. Having the justices on the U.S. Supreme Court protects us for the next 20 or 30 years. You know, they, they do. They are old already. 
but they, they usually stay there till they're, they're in their 80s. And so I think we're probably okay from, <coughs> from states. I mean, states may try to pass something, but they'll be challenged by organized groups. And the Supreme Court has um, six out of six times now since, um, since the newest majority has, has hit have ruled the right way on the Second Amendment. And so um, I think that, you know, if we are in a society where um, we no longer really care what Congress has to say because they're completely inept and they're, they're incapable of doing anything major. <coughs> and we're going to let the Supreme Court make decisions that affect broad national policy on issues like the Second Amendment, then uh, we're in really good shape. Um, and I think if, if there's optimism, it doesn't mean we're not going to have to have fights all the time. But ultimately, when the big decisions have to be made, you know, can New York say the entire city of Manhattan is gun-free? That answer is no. Um, and, you know, that affected D.C., that affected Chicago, that affected all of these liberal cities that have had these ridiculous policies in place. And so uh, I, am, I am optimistic that we are in good hands, and when it is all said and done, the guy you've got to give it credit to is Donald Trump. Okay, and then on the local level, um, I mean, everybody should get out and vote. We also need to stop uh, election corruption, of course, because uh, we need people's vote to count. But on the local level, if people can network and get involved with people, what would you recommend people do locally in their communities? Well, you know, the problem with the Second Amendment is, is that people don't, um, don't care about it until, it until they start feeling the infringement. Um, and I, and, I, and I, I try to tell people, I teach uh, a firearm safety course uh, twice a month. I try to tell people that we are just one election away from, you know, substantial infringement occurring again. And, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to avoid that, it's very simple. Don't vote for Democrats. Get your friends to vote for Republicans. And, um, and you know, I mean, it's not a hard thing to sell, but um, – but like in a state like Virginia that's kind of purple and it kind of goes back and forth and now we're kind of just in this like little weird gridlock thing where Democrats have some power, Republicans have other, and nothing big is happening, you will see complacency fit in. Um, and so people just have to understand that this is the, the one thing Democrats are substantially better at than Republicans is playing the long game. And um, we have to play the long game with them and – you know, every time they're trying to, you know, your city council proposes an ordinance that says you can't bring a gun to city council meetings anymore when you could do it for, you know, the entire history of the city. But now they're going to say you can't have, you know, you can't have a, a concealed carry firearm in there. you got to fight that stuff because it's all slow cooking. Um, and before you know it, you know, you're a cooked frog. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd love to see people form relationships. I mean, I know I had meetings in the past when I was uh, politically involved. And when people get together, good things happen. And one of the best things that happen is you empower each other. People stop feeling helpless because I think that's one of the big deterrents is people feel like, well, I can't do anything. But it does help you feel better when you've got a 20 or 30 people in the room who all feel the same way you do. And you all say, well, let's, let's start taking action. You know, what can we do? I mean, what do you uh, uh, what do you think, Diana? I mean, do you think that's something that people should do in their local states or something? You've been involved in to some degree, right? Or 
Are you talking about my local local elections? Well, or you've been I mean, locally I... involved in, in the political process to some degree, and, and right? I mean, is he good coming oh, yeah, out of I that? Or? Big, I, yeah, I was big yeah. time uh, in GOP and you know running groups and, and doing these kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way really to spread the word is trying to do it locally first because you got to start somewhere, right? you got to start somewhere. Right, and it really empowers individuals. All politics are local. Like you know, if you have a if you have a good group of people on you know uh, centered around city council, then you have a good group of people that can move up to the state level, and then you have a good group of people that can move to the federal level. You shouldn't have to find out where your you know your elected people feel on a position uh, after they're in office. You should know that about them before they go in. Um, And and, you know, like in Virginia, we have. We have a good group, um, and, and I know that lots of states have this, but we have a group called the VCDL, which is a, a big Second Amendment advocacy group. And, you know, just joining the VCDL um, is, you know, is something that you could do in Virginia, and, and again, other states have this, that help you, you know, they're, they're keeping an eye on what's going on. And if you don't have time to fuss about politics or go to meetings and all that, you know, like paying the $50 a year fee, um, allows them to continue the advocacy um, because, you know, when, when the proverbial crap hits the fan, um, they're the ones people ran to for help. Um, and they were like, we told you this was going to happen, you know, like four years ago. So, you know, I, I think finding groups that are, that are centered around Second Amendment, supporting them financially, uh, those, are, those are real ways that you can create broad advocacy on the issue. And you mm-hmm. see ways, I mean, you know what one of the most effective ways that people can use social media. I see that people have unequaled power these days to reach the public. I mean, you can have one guy to have a million subscribers or more on YouTube or whatever. Of course, you can't talk about this subject very well, but unless you're on the other side. But but uh, you can use social media to reach people. Do you know, have of, or any, uh, know what the best resources are or the best strategies maybe for utilizing social media for reaching people? Yeah, no, I, I have a very big social media page. We have about a million people connect a month on ours. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's really just about, you know, it, on social media, the big problem that people do on social media is they share fringe fake news. And, you know, what, what's, what's really important is that when you share something or you, you put something that you've independently verified that whatever, you know, is being said is true. Um, if you become a trustworthy person of information, then you will grow followers. And, and that's how I built my, you know, my, my page, um, by providing accurate information multiple times a week. And you grow followers because people know, no matter if you agree with me or not, what I'm saying is accurate. And so on social media, what's really important is just making sure that when you're sharing information, when you're responding to information, that the, the information is true and not just some fringe, false conspiracy theory thing that, that can't be verified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We've got, yeah. we've got about 15 minutes left, um, and, and I was wondering, we should at least a couple times remind people where they can reach you or where they can see your page. Do you want to share your contact info or your page? Yeah, sure. So my, you know, where my, the majority of people connect to me is through Facebook, and 
Um, if, you, if you're on Facebook and, you know, you're just typing in somebody's name, if you just type in the word Virginia Law Office, that's just one word, Virginia Law Office, it'll connect to my uh, page, my main page. And, um, you know, we have multiple pages on Facebook, but that's the big one. And that's where you're going to see, you know, content um, that, you know, that I will push uh, multiple times a week related to, you know, whatever's happening in Virginia. Uh, and it's not always Second Amendment stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm involved in uh, in the state mm-hmm. as a former state legislator. But, um, you know, like if you want to, you know, pay attention to what's going on. And, you know, the the stuff is, is very centered to Virginia, but there are national things like you know, the whole thing about when the ATF just made this arbitrary rule about pistol braces, and they just said, hey, you can't have them anymore, and if you have them after this date, you're a felon. Um, you know, that's, that's crazy over government overreach because they, don't, they can't make laws. I mean, that's Congress's job. Congress doesn't do a very good job at it, but that doesn't mean the ATF can just come up and make a new law and says, hey, this is a felony now. Um, and so, you know, like, like talking about that and making sure people understand – you know, the, you know, where legislative power is and where regulatory power is, uh, I think has, has a, we, we have a big following from people outside of Virginia, and I think it's for that reason. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, is your and, Facebook page, or I, I'm looking at a Facebook page, Virginia Law Office, does your website end in IE, or is that someone else? Uh, Virginia Law Office, IE, yeah. Um, office. Okay. Um, okay, I just, yep. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It should say like Attorney Tim Anderson on it. Okay, I just yeah, uh, yeah I found it. But for anybody looking for it on Facebook, I put it on uh, the event page, uh, on on uh, right below the event page there, so um, um, uh, so people can find it. But go ahead, Diana. What did you want to say? No, no, that's good. I was just liking his page through my my free NYS page that I still still run and is active. So. Yeah, I you know, I feel like um it's almost like us older older, I don't know how old you are, but I'm older. I consider myself older at almost fifty two or older and know better. I feel like the older people really, really need to get this younger generation woken up. Because it's the younger generation I'm talking about, twenty thirties that are so conditioned by, like you said, social media, mainstream media that they don't know any better and they don't know that there's you know, other things out there to get their news sources from. Uh, and, and, you know, they don't teach this stuff in school anymore. They don't teach constitutional rights. They don't teach very little social studies. They don't do, you know, those kinds of things anymore, which, you know, I homeschool my my daughter. She's 12. And, um, you know, I teach these things. We went through the Constitution. We went through, you know, the amendments. We went through these kinds of things. And I feel like... Um, Almost like there's a responsibility for us, and and Russ says this often, uh, that you know we have to carry the word on somehow, otherwise we're going to lose this country completely. A, a dumb yeah. society is a controllable society. You know, this year in the General Assembly, we we, we had a bill uh, that said that in order to graduate high school, um, you have to take the same citizen test that immigrants coming from foreign countries have to take. You have to be able to have a basic mastery of American government. And the Democrats killed it. They do not want that. Um, they do not want kids knowing what their rights are. They want to be able to tell people what their rights are. Um, and so 
yeah, that's a very good example of uh, it's a dumb it's it's by design. It is all by design. I mean, they'll 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 spend hours and weeks and months talking about gender and and sexuality, but they're not going to spend you know uh, five minutes talking about the Bill of Rights and the and the meaningful purpose of what the what the reasoning for those was. And uh, it's a very sad state of affairs in 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 government. And you know, these kids come out and they're woke. And they uh, they don't know they don't know how they got here um, because it's all been whitewashed from their curriculum. That yeah. is a fantastic idea. Having a comprehensive test to to, uh, to graduate high school on the that is an absolutely fantastic idea. I'm shocked at how little that I learned in, in high school. In fact, they were promoting communism. We had a, a class that was required that all seniors. And I went to high school in Florida, and all seniors had to take a class called Americanism versus Communism. And I remember it was actually kind of glorifying towards communism. And I was always wondering why that was. You know, it was a little little bizarre to me. But I did want to ask, we've got about seven minutes left, and I just wanted to ask, is there a legal strategy for trying to get power away from the ATF and these other executive agencies and back to Congress? Or, <clears throat> or is that not a worthwhile strategy? Well, I mean, the fundamental problem with Congress, and this isn't a Republican or a Democrat thing, the fundamental problem with the, the federal government is it's completely broken. Um, it's broken on both sides. And uh, when, when, when Justice Sandra Day O'Connor was elected to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, Bill Clinton nominated her. Um, and there was, uh, uh, or maybe it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, either way, it doesn't matter. The point is this. They got unanimous support from the U.S. Senate, right? Um, and, you know, that was just 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. Now everything is just party line. So if the Republicans have a bill and for $10 they can cure cancer, the Democrats won't fund it because that's, you know, that's because they, the only thing in D.C. is about power. So all Democrats want to do is not let the Republicans have any wins. Then the Republicans lose, and the Democrats take power, and then all the Republicans want to do is not let the Democrats have any wins, and then it's just, it's just this sick cycle. And I think, that, I think that you really, really saw that shift in how government works during Obama uh, when he created, like, DACA. And, you know, he even said, I'm not an emperor, um, but yet he ended up passing substantial executive orders on, uh, on immigration reform. And uh, I think what you see is, is that because Congress isn't able to do its job at all, um, that you will see the executive, which are the agencies and the president and, and all, of the, all of the bureaucrats, just fill the void. And I don't think you can fix it uh, until, until people that go to Congress truly are there for the good of America, not for the good of their party. Um, and uh, until then, I think you're going to see bureaucracies continue to bureaucratic agents and uh, and and the executive just fill in the void. Yeah, I agree. I, it, to me, Congress uh, looks completely bought off to me, and it just seems like they're not acting in the interest of the people at all. You know, the whole concept of the idea that that uh, the the public would give up their right to make decisions to some disinterested third party that we know functions horribly and is horribly corrupt is just insanity, and yet that's what people are doing when they don't get involved in the process. We are the ones who are responsible for this. You know, this is on our watch. This is something everybody should be involved in, and some people say, oh, I don't get involved in politics. 
well, that's not something to be proud of. Every one of us are, yeah. should consider ourselves the government, and the government that we call the government are, are contractors that do the work for us. But those are just my thoughts anyway. But we've got a couple minutes left. I mean, any, anything else you want to share with people that you, you really feel people uh, should know in, in, uh, uh, in closing? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when, you know, since we've mostly just talked about the, you know, the Second Amendment on this segment, um, I, I, I think that what people have to understand is what is the long game of the Democrats? Um, you know, where do they really want to end up? And, and I, I truly think that where they want what they want is they want a substantial um, national registration of firearms. They want to know everybody who owns their guns. They want to have that in a government database. Um, they want to restrict the ability of how many firearms you can own as a citizen. Um, and they want to restrict uh, how many, uh, how much a your magazines, your ammunition holds of your guns are. So they want to have people that may have a gun that has a 10-round capacity um, or a shotgun, um, and, 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 and that's it. And, you know, and, you know, people might say, well, you know, I could probably get a, you know, I could probably go along with that. That doesn't sound terrible. That doesn't sound bad, except this. While they're telling us that that's what they want us to have, they are stocking up on submachine guns, AR-15, mm -hmm. you know, high-capacity pistols. And so when the government is telling you, hey, be reasonable, be smart, you don't need all this stuff, they are stocking up on everything they say you shouldn't have. And when that's uh -huh. happening, that should, be, that should be sending out warning signals to anybody who's paying attention. Yeah, big time, big time. If they're not shipping it over to Ukraine, they're maybe giving it to the illegals to take us over. Who knows? Lots of in our head. Tim, we really appreciate you being on the show tonight. You could find all of our podcasts on freedomizerradio.com, blogtalkradio.com, Apple, and iHeartRadio. I'll be sure once this link is up tomorrow sometime that I email it to you so that you have it. Um, Russ, thanks again for always joining in and and, and jamming it with me. So, uh, Tim, again, thank you so much for joining in. It was very uh, informative. Time. Yeah, great, great. So I'll be sure that I send that all to you. We are off next week for Thanksgiving, guys. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you and to your family. The next week we will be on, and we'll be talking about the MTHFR gene mutation. And we have a couple of spots uh, open for December. So if you know anybody that wants to be a guest on the show, um, definitely get a hold of us. Russ, anything you want to add? we got about 30 seconds. Are you there, Russ? Yes, if you want to, uh, I was glad being here. Virginia Law Office is what you want to search on Facebook. Thank you, Tim Anderson, for being with us. I appreciate your time and everything that you're doing, and I hope everyone gets involved. Okay, so I guess we will see everybody in two weeks. Keep an eye out for this episode. We'll be sure that we post it. Russ, I'll be talking to you on the other side. We'll see you on the other side, everybody. See you in a couple of weeks. Happy all right, be good to each other. Good night. Good night, all. Bye-bye.